everyone has pretty much one of seven core drivers. Now, not everyone, whether it be comp plan, larger meaning, community, we've tried to make sure we know all of our team member and employees drivers, whether it be there's a primary driver, secondary driver, tertiary driver, and they're different. But if you know what they are, mm -hmm. for some people, it is community is their number one driver. It has nothing to do with comp plan. Good day. Welcome to the Consultant and the Coach podcast today, my good friend, Josh. How's everything going? Awesome. <laughs> hey, employee experience and retention is, is tonight, today's topic. And I, I'll, I'll just start with this. If we don't take care of our team members, they leave, and then our lives get really, really miserable. Yeah. We've got to take care of our employees. Well, and if we don't, especially in this job market, they've got plenty of choices. So oh, let's, and then let's, let's not think about, you know, let's not forget that. And I don't think any of our leaders have. They're all pretty smart. But, no, they are. Um, uh, but the scripture for today is Ecclesiastes 3.22. And I think this is going to hopefully make sense to folks, but... I have seen that there is nothing better for a person than to enjoy his activities because that is his reward. Mm -hmm. And I think what we're talking about today, and this goes back to even one of our earlier podcasts you can check out on work versus toil and the importance of helping your uh, employees enjoy their work. Um, make it uh, as pleasing as possible for them to come work for you, especially now because you can't buy them most likely. Um, and that, that's just where you have to start. That's not where you're going to finish the job. And so we want you to think about the fact that they are created for fulfillment. And um, there's ways to do that and that are both scriptural, but also, as we'll talk about, just on our own experience and common sense to, to apply that to your business. Oh, absolutely. And, and our businesses and everyone, it's really fascinating. If I don't care who you are, if we enjoy our work... Mm -hmm. If our employees enjoy their work, mm -hmm. they do a better job. Oh, sure. I see it over and over and over again with my, either my employees or the mm -hmm. athletes I coach. Those that enjoy their profession mm -hmm. not only have more fun, yeah. they're better at it. Yeah, yeah. So you would think fun at work would be the most or one of the most important things mm -hmm. for any business leader. So, so, so give me an example of that. When you have worked with somebody who maybe was not performing, mm -hmm. maybe in the workplace, you know, as an example, and you either changed their job or you moved them into a new job and you were able to get them to perform better. And what I don't mean, because I'm, I'm sort of the ultimate skeptic here, like what I don't mean is you threw them a pizza party. Right. This isn't third no, grade. No, and I, right? I, I typically don't even, even though we do have I, pizza parties, that typically doesn't alleviate any major problems. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. So I'm sort of setting that aside so, for any of our skeptics, you know, listeners. Like first, myself. first thought, best thought here. Yeah. I'm going to think of my executive assistant. He mm -hmm. he started working for our company, and he was you know started in billing, and uh, he would say this. So what I'm saying here doesn't surprise him. He was not doing a good job at billing. He's it. He's that's not his area of expertise, and we actually said we're going to have to. We're gonna have to fire Tim. He's just not doing a really good job. But I liked Tim. He was a great guy. And at this time, I did not have my uh, my previous executive assistant moved on. And I'm like, you know, I really liked Tim. I, maybe I'll try him as my executive assistant. So we moved him from the billing team to my executive assistant. And you know, part of what we do is we do a lot of conversations. Um, and even as we have our meetings and we're staying late some nights, we'll, we'll pour ourselves a shot of whiskey and we just kind of hang out and we'll, we'll chat about life. And we do a lot of business. And in the process of whether it being that or 
you know, a drink or going out to coffee, you name it. The He went from being a really bad biller for our company mm-hmm. to arguably, granted, I'm, I'm biased. Mm-hmm. I think I have the greatest executive assistant in the world. Mm-hmm. So ha- what caused it to switch? Mm-hmm. Probably mm-hmm. a number of things, but I think a lot of it was his work experience is really, really good right now. Mm-hmm. And so he's performing better. Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, that's a great example. I mean, you were able to get him to a place where he was operating as a better version of himself. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think um, a couple lessons I hear in that is you were understanding who he was. You were understanding what his giftedness was. You took time to get to know him. Those are all sort of key tidbits, right, for people Absolutely. listening. Absolutely. And it's not just, hey, come organize my email inbox. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's part of our job or part of his job. Mm-hmm. But also it's like, hey, he's a person. I want to hear about uh, the the kid he is fostering right now and in, mm-hmm. in, in what he's doing. I want to. We both went to the University of Washington. In the fall, we're talking football. We're either rejoicing together because we won or we're crying because we lost to Montana. (laughs) I mean, but it's one of those things. That's part of the fun of the job. And we work great. I love going to battle with him every single day. Right, right. No, and I've seen this too in lots of other organizations where, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, different different situations where, you know, been in a company where we've pulled in or purchased a different company and obviously you're trying to find a spot for some of the key leadership and, and trying to then understand, well, you're doing all these things. What if you didn't have to do all those things? What if you only to do like three of those things? Yeah. Which of the three would you love to do? Mm-hmm. And so we get to the bottom of that and that person then becomes a very successful executive in the new company because now they're only doing the three things they absolutely love to do versus the 10 things that they could get along doing because they had to, you know? And um, so it sounds like it's, it's a lot of getting to know folks and really digging in deep with, with individuals. T- talk about a time, tell me about a time when maybe you've failed at that, when you've had someone leave unexpectedly. We've had some of these examples. Of this recently. week, this month, this year, in the last decade, yeah, I have, sure. I have a, I, I have notoriously had a very bad week, wake on certain seasons. I, I will just, I'm going to own that. And because if I don't own that, someone will say, I heard your podcast. You were a J-E-R-K to these seven people. Yeah. So there are times where I have just missed it. Mm-hmm. And as a leader, the reason why I missed it is I I, I have the gift of hyper-focus. Hey, we're going to get this project done and we're going to do this and this and this and this. And some of my team members are like, I have feelings and I moved on because all you cared about was the bottom line. Well, I was just focused on, I love working. Yeah. And so I walked over them inadvertently because mm-hmm. I should have realized, um, I'll tell you what happened this week. We, we did this well. One of our team members, they had a, they had a friend die this week. Mm. And uh, my VP walked into the warehouse and she was crying and he had, he just, you know, there's a time to stop. Yeah. And I use that as an example. You yeah. can't always just go, 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 go. No, sometimes everything else is way more important right. than the business. So that's an example. Or sometimes I might have just kept going forward. Yeah, I have lots of examples of really messing up. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, again, just sort of hear what I'm hearing there and what I see in my consulting work is just learning to have grace for yourself, right? Learning to recognize your own shortcomings, confess those things, right? Like a, a, good, oh, absolutely. Like a good liturgical Presbyterian might, might learn to do, like mm-hmm. you and I are. Um, confessing our sins, recognizing we have shortcomings and seeking forgiveness, both from 
God, but from people who we've wronged in that inadvertently and um, selfishly. Um, so I think for those of you out there who've made mistakes, right, you know, own it, be, own it. And it's okay. Like you're not mm-hmm. the only ones. <laughs> well, and you know, we, we hire people based, you know, we, we say we're looking for people that are humble, hungry, and smart. I, I mm-hmm. took that from Patrick Lencioni, but humility is the first part. You yeah. have to have team members that are humble. Now, as we're talking about employee experience and retention, because we want team members mm-hmm. to like their job, because if they like their job, they're going to do a better job, but we also want them to stick around. Because it's really expensive to have employee churn. Mm-hmm. From a coaching perspective, you know, I, I when I coach uh, people, I, I I follow the three C's. I, I coach out of competency, character, mm-hmm. but the third C is just as important as the first two. I've I've realized is is connection. Because mm-hmm. if there's connection, mm-hmm. you know, you see a great basketball team or a football team or any kind of team out there, you will do better if there's connection amongst the team. So what have you seen? Uh, Yeah, well, it's interesting you bring that up. Actually, some research I've been reading recently in the software space in terms of building great teams is, is, is a great book out there called Team Topologies, if you're in the software space, for how to build teams. But it's specifically with this idea of if you want a team to work well, you have to build high trust. And yes. it, it looks very specifically at some of the science behind how you build high trust amongst individuals or at least get it. And some of the things around that components of high trust include um, <clears throat> the fact that you have to limit all the other distractions. You can't have people switching to different tasks or jobs outside of a very narrow set. That comes from a concept called cognitive load. You can't actually expect people to have more to do than they can cognitively hold in their head at a given time. And so this monolithic software system doesn't really function well because you can't expect a person to actually understand it. You have to give them a piece of that software. Um, also, for interestingly, and this, this sort of has some interesting implications, People have the ability to only trust to some depth of very few people. Oh, absolutely. Like you can't be on a team of more than seven to nine people. And that's not because Amazon made up the two pizza rule, even though that's what it's based on. It's actually built in science in terms of from a, how we can actually trust and build relationships with individuals is actually limited to seven to nine people. And there's actually this interesting way they go out from five to 3x that's no more than 15 no more than 50 no more than 150 there's certain trust levels and those are pretty standard and really people and organizations parts of organizations really can't function well much bigger than about they think 1500 to 500 to 1500 right absolutely all about building Mm -hmm. this high trust continuity um and that's the connection piece that you're talking about right is building really high trust teams and when we have those high trust teams because you know this is about employee experience because at the end of the day, most jobs are pretty much, there's a range for whatever position it is. Mm-hmm. But let's assume that at our companies, we're all compensating everyone within range yeah. of whatever it is. Well, then if, all, if that being equal, why choose your company over my company over the company down the street? Why? Right. No, I think it's, and it goes back to purpose, mm-hmm. right? How are we giving people purpose? And I think the thing we do have to be, the, the one caveat I try to make with this is, and we've talked about this, is we can't give our employees eternal purpose. Oh, no. Some people, I think, get mixed up in, in, in our society because, in many cases, because they don't have faith or they don't have an understanding of who God is and who he's made them to be. They seek filling that eternal void that only God can fill mm-hmm. with work. Oh, or with money, or with possessions, or with pleasure, or whatever. 
And so we need to recognize there is some degree of we can't give people eternal purpose. No. But God also made us for work. And so we can fill their sort of human purpose. Mm -hmm. Right? And we can facilitate that. Exactly. Very, very well. Yeah. So the number of times... Um, I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast, but uh, this was about 10 years ago. My CPA got mad at me because I spent too much money on coffee for an entire year. Now, I spent a lot of money on coffee. That's your fifth C, by the way. There you go. (laughs) But I had run the ROI on coffee, bringing people coffee, going out and having meetings over coffee is a whole lot more fun than in the conference room again so it, for us it was like okay wh- what's going to cost us another eight to ten bucks at starbucks or wherever you're going to go mm-hmm. it's it, it's well worth it and it only I, I i figured out you know one long-term team member has paid for coffee for the last 10 years mm-hmm. i think i've if not only saved one long-term team member over coffee, multiple team members. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so again, sort of the what behind this, we've talked a little about work and toil and purpose and, and how we've done that. Again, go back, check out podcast number three, mm-hmm. work versus toil. It's out on our, um, it's out on our website and our blog. If you want more into that, but let's talk a little bit more about why. And we talked about this on the other podcast too, but like why is employee experience matter? Why, does, does being able to retain people matter? I mean, talk a little bit about that. People might, that might be in Well, I was, you know, in, in, sense, in my industry, every industry is different, but my main industry is durable medical equipment. There's no school for that. Mm-hmm. So those of us that have been in the industry a long time, we have all sorts of tribal sec- mm-hmm. secrets on wheelchairs and mm-hmm. oxygen and hospice deliveries, mm-hmm. after hours call. I have a YouTube pod, I have a YouTube video that has over 110,000 hits now. Yeah. Why? People just wanted to know why an oxygen concentrator beeps at 2 in the morning. It's important for us to keep our employees because of that tribal experience. Good ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah now, yeah. if you have an EOR, it's actually going to help to manage them off the team if right. they're just going to not do that. But we all know those key team members. We, sh- we should keep them. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it, there's, there's value in keeping the right folks, assuming they're in the right roles, assuming they're you know being fulfilled or can be fulfilled with some tweaks or a new role. Um, I think there's, you know, I think, again, it goes back to helping people find their purpose because it's, I think it's also remembering that as business leaders, we are called to something bigger than the bottom line. Oh, absolutely. As people of faith, we are called to care for our businesses, the people in our businesses, our families, our communities, um, at least the people part of the consultant and the coach community. We are about something bigger than just the bottom line of the mm-hmm. business. And even, let's let's just assume for the sake of religion, let's just say everyone happens to have the same religion, which they don't. But even if that is the case, we're all made for a different reason. Look in the church, yeah. everyone's doing something else different. So mm-hmm. you can't all have the same purpose. Right. And that's actually what makes a great company. You want people to work together to take care of whether it's being the best bricklayer, the best software producer, the best medical supply company, the best, you know, you name it. But you have to have an overarching purpose. Why do we do what we do? Yeah, yeah. 
So let's start talking a little bit about the how. Then how do we how do we help uh, people listening to this begin to get started on this this space, right? Because I'm sure that's top of mind. Certainly, it's something they're not always worried about. Most right now, they have to be especially concerned about it with COVID and things like that that are going on. How do you begin unpacking this issue and working it out for your company? So I've only been working on this 18 years, and I still don't have an answer. I think I know the right. So it's a journey. It is a journey. Good, okay. And we're leading lead, leaders along the journey. So starting today, <laughs> listening to this podcast is the first step but in their journey. But I think where I'm going is everyone has a key list of drivers. Yep. And I, I, I've, I've come up with reading different books. I, I, everyone has pretty much one of seven core drivers. Now, not everyone, whether it be comp plan, larger meaning, community. And what we've done is we've tried to make sure we know all of our team member and employees drivers whether it be there's a primary driver secondary driver tertiary driver and they're different but if you know what they are Mm -hmm. for some people it is community is their number one driver it has nothing to do with comp plan Mm -hmm. other people it's all about the money or it's all about this or that and to figure out what that is for me that is the where we start because it helps us put our put our resources in those areas mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting you yeah, and i and i would and i start sort of interestingly my, in with consulting in an entirely different place um not that those things are all important you know it's interesting um, i worked with this company one time that they had actually gone to the effort to write out their mission their vision their mm-hmm. values their strategy key objectives and because it was a healthcare organization, they had a badge. And what we were able to sort of validate for them in terms of our exercise was on the back of everyone's badge, they had the mission, the vision, the values, the strategy, and then the specific ways every day their job impacted those things. Because for most That's organizations, amazing. 90% of the people don't have any clue how their daily activity touches the mumbo-jumbo stuff they interpret as n- nonsense coming out of the executive wing, right? And this company had actually, and we validated, we went, we, we would stop people in the hallway and say, hey, um, tell me the mission, vision, value, strategy, and what you do every day and how it impacts it. And even if they didn't know it off the top of their head, they immediately knew, oh, they'd flip over their badge and they'd read it to there you. It is. And, mm-hmm. and some of the stuff they were, you know, they weren't rote memory of the strategy, but then they would they would understand the things that, oh, and I... Clean the bedpans, right? I I do this data entry task. I do this mundane thing mm-hmm. that you think, gosh, but they understood top to bottom how their stuff impacts. So I think it starts with your management team. Like oh, if you want people it, it to has belong, to. you gotta start with your team and make sure they know what the strategy is and how you're then how are you gonna find a way to connect every person's role to something that's bigger than themselves in the organization. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I got to start. I mean, it yeah, and now let's let's talk money. And I think some of it is in terms of compensation, we need to compensate our team members fairly. Mm-hmm. And and I would say in a perfect world, better than fair. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, you know, I I'm always looking at what our industry is we're in the durable medical equipment industry i'm always looking at what that is but then we also have a very intricate profit sharing uh that is so if we're profitable then we share on a certain percentage based on attitude uh what they brought to the table and as well as tenure 
And so, you know, a tenure for us is 40% of profit sharing. And another thing that that indirectly does is it really helps with our retention. Mm-hmm. You know, you throw that in there as well, too. So our team members know you might get the same or 50 cent an hour bump somewhere else, but then you lose the profit sharing. You lose the 401k match. You lose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that definitely it keeps it, – it will – it sort of table stakes, right? The compensation is something oh, that yeah. people need to have, but it's not necessarily the thing that will make them. And I think the last thing, I think the last piece of this puzzle, I think goes back to our last podcast on offshoring and automation is is then as you assess kind of their what they're doing and how it connects to the strategy, take time then in, and you assess their compensation, you show them how they can make money, you know, contributing to the strategy. Then you got to decide, okay, what are some really just mind-numbing tasks these poor people have to do every day that are just pointless mm-hmm. right and let's be honest about it and let's find ways to get those off their plate not by giving them to someone else to say, unless you're offshoring and doing yeah. it in a way that's meaningful to them but let's automate it let's invest in technology let's give these people the tools they need to be more valuable and feel like they're actually you know being creative and and, and mm-hmm. purpose-filled people in the world yeah and this is i'm trying to figure this out and even what this looks like one of the things that we've tried to do is I encourage our team members to just be themselves at work. Mm-hmm. Literally, bring your whole self to work and whatever that looks like. So, um, granted, I'm not on the showroom floor when this happens. Some of them are listening to country music. I can't stand country music, but that would be one thing. But whether it be that or whatever it happens to look like for them, mm-hmm. come be yourself. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 a key. Um <clears throat> Well, great. Anything else on this topic, Eric? I think this is uh, maybe... well. We could go on for I'm sure ages, <laughs> and it's changing at a you know very very fast pace. Yep, absolutely. Things are changing fast. Speaking of changing fast, tune in next week. We're going to talk about sustainable operations. I don't think yeah. this is meant to be a, a Democrat or a left leaning perspective on environmentalism, but the, but the reality is one of the key differentiators a lot of companies are facing is having to assess both for themselves as well as any sort of potential government regulations and, of course, for your customers who are interested in this, is how are you considering the sustainability, the environmental uh, impact of your organizations um, just from a pure business perspective? We're going to talk through some of those implications next week. So tune in, check that out. And, Um, hey, you you wrote another good podcast. I'm not another good uh, blog on this as well, too. So that's going to be up there as well, too. So go to theconsultantandcoach.com and see Josh's most recent blog blog post or hey if you want to dive deeper into this hey go schedule a meeting with us we'd love to talk to you and uh, until next week thank you for listening to the consultant of the coach great podcast until then